Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Deep State, Inc. Written by Alex W. Palmer. Published in The Wire, China. Read for you by Kaiser Guo. Peter Canelorea Jr. was scrolling through Facebook one afternoon in September 2019 when he came across a photo that caught his attention. It was a snapshot of an agreement between a provincial governor in the Solomon Islands where Canelorea lived and executives from a company called China Sam Enterprise Group. The agreement appeared to grant the Chinese conglomerate exclusive development rights to Tulagi, one of the Solomon Islands, for at least 75 years. It was a leak and an alarming piece of news for Kenny Lorea. Despite serving as the deputy opposition leader in the Solomon Islands Parliament and chairman of its Foreign Relations Committee, he knew nothing about the deal. When Kenny Lorea began commenting on the photo on Facebook, the original poster sent him a private message that included the full text of the agreement. The more Kenilorea read, the more he found troubling. The agreement was vague in detail and expansive in scope. It offered the SAM group unusually preferential treatment, including the ability to procure exclusive development rights in the Solomon Islands without going through the legally mandated process of registering as a foreign investor. They were talking about economic development and special zones being created, Kenilorea said, and just having the run of the place. It was pretty open-ended in terms of what they'd be able to do. Located just northeast of Australia in Oceania, the Solomon Islands offered crucial military bases throughout the 20th century for, in turn, the British, Japanese, and American navies. Tulagi, in particular, with its central location and natural deep-water harbor, has long been a strategic prize for nations with aspirations for dominance in the Pacific. In World War II, the Allied campaign to wrest control of Tulagi from the Imperial Japanese Navy was so bloody and costly that the stretch of ocean south of the island was renamed Iron Bottom Sound in honor of the dozens of planes and ships lost in the battle. It's always attracted attention, Kenilorea says of Tulagi. The strategic importance of that piece of land is quite clear. Just a few days before the news of the SAM Group deal for Tulagi broke on Facebook, China scored another geopolitical victory when the Solomon Islands switched official diplomatic recognition to the People's Republic of China after 36 years of relations with Taiwan. The Solomon Islands government also signed on to China's Belt and Road Initiative, which promised major investment and infrastructure. Now it seemed that SAM Group was poised to stake a claim. But on whose behalf exactly Sam Group was staking that claim was far from clear. On its website, the conglomerate touts a close alliance with the state. 
Most concerning for Canelorea was a subsidiary that had originally been founded by the Ministry of Public Security, through which Sam Group serves as a high-level security contractor for the Chinese Communist Party. The conglomerate's apparent obscurity was even more vexing. An article announcing the deal in the local Island Sun News described Sam Group as, quote, one of the largest companies in China, unquote. Another local news outlet said the company was, quote, one of China's top high-tech investors, unquote. Yet Sam Group had virtually no public profile and no track record of significant overseas projects. There are a lot of companies we're really familiar with, says Claire Chu, a senior analyst at RWR Advisory Group, a consulting firm that tracks Chinese overseas investment and later issued a report on the company. None of us had heard of Sam Group before. It didn't sound like a normal company. It wasn't on anyone's radar. As Kenilorea grew more suspicious, the Solomon Islands Prime Minister, Manasseh Sogavare, forged ahead. In early October, in the first official visit under the new diplomatic ties, Sogavare traveled to Beijing, where he signed five memorandums of understanding with the Chinese government. Kenilorea asked for copies of these agreements to be made available to the parliament, but Sogavare refused. Soon after, Sam Group posted photos of the company executives meeting with Sogavare during his trip to China. Domestic opposition was already building when, in mid-October, the New York Times broke news of the secret agreement to an international audience. The story precipitated a backlash and forced the government to reckon with public hostility. Soon, the office of the Attorney General of the Solomon Islands stepped in to scuttle the deal. The agreement, signed without federal government vetting, was unlawful, unenforceable, and must be terminated with immediate effect, the Attorney General said. Even the provincial governor who had signed the agreement appeared to take it back. Leasing to Loggy will not be possible, he said. Nothing will eventuate. Yet the next deal offered a rare window into how Chinese companies like Sam Group work in tandem with, and sometimes on behalf of, Beijing. Indeed, despite the audacity of its efforts and the bungled execution, Sam Group is emblematic of a little-understood class of companies that increasingly define the Chinese economy, especially when it reaches outside China into places like the Solomon Islands. Existing in a murky space between private and public, these companies seem to prioritize advancing the Chinese government's interests just as highly as they do earning a profit. With the globe-spanning Belt and Road Initiative pushing ahead, the companies are increasingly woven into projects with potential strategic implications, like the proposed development of Tulagi. In the process, they are raising uncomfortable questions about the international expansion of China's model of party-state capitalism questions that confound long-established norms in the global economic framework and which Western policymakers have hardly begun to understand, much less grapple with. There has to be some way of peeling back the curtain on these firms, said one longtime American diplomat in the region. I think of it as the conversation over listing on U.S. exchanges. At a certain point, if there isn't a way to understand ownership, we'll just have to not allow these companies access, at least to Western economies haziness of this class of companies makes it hard to know if Sam Group is truly, as it claims, one of the biggest or most important conglomerates in China, or if the botched deal in the Solomon Islands simply made it, for a short time, the most visible and controversial. 
Somebody leaked it, Kenilorea says, referring to details of the Sam deal. And thank God they did, because without that, I'm sure it would have been signed and we wouldn't even know about it. The Mysterious Sam Group If Kenilorea was looking for red flags in the Sam Group's corporate profile, they would have been easy to find. By its own proud admission, the Sam Group is a Beijing-based company intimately tied to the People's Liberation Army, the People's Armed Police, and an arms trading firm that ships weapons around the world on behalf of the Chinese government. Much of that business takes place through a Sam Group affiliate called China Jing'an, a former, quote, state-owned military trading corporation, unquote, that operates now under the Sam Group umbrella with the approval of China's State Council and the Central Military Commission. According to its website, China Jing'an supplies the Chinese military while also exporting pistols, rifles, machine guns, mortars, police and riot gear, drones, and counterterrorism equipment to more than 100 countries. Among the company's overseas clients is an American firm in Tennessee, which received a shipment containing more than 7.5 tons of shotguns last November. Perhaps because it was once owned by the Ministry of Public Security, Jing'an also provides private security services for Chinese embassies and consulates, Chinese officials traveling abroad, and foreign dignitaries visiting China. Sam Group's security arm, though, is just one piece of a sprawling $9 billion conglomerate that also boasts energy exploration and chemical production assets, tourism ventures, an infrastructure and agricultural business, and Sam Film, which produces propaganda films extolling the virtues of the party. Sam Group also holds investments in Canada, Australia, and Mongolia, a substantial stake in a publicly traded company called Sino Energy, and alliances with powerful state-owned enterprises such as the Avic Corporation and China Xinxing, a military firm. Though privately held, the company's promotional material is peppered with government slogans like Sam Group will continue to adhere to the leadership of the party and take the Xi Jinping thought of socialism with Chinese characteristics for a new era as the guidance to practice the purpose of development, that is, the leadership of the party, group development, employee growth, and social harmony. And yet who ultimately controls the corporate colossus remains a mystery. The company traces its roots to a state-owned enterprise called China Electronic Materials Xiamen Company, that was founded in 1985, but in the years since, there has been a constant reshuffling of the entity's name, shareholders, and business focus. The conglomerate settled into its current structure in 2015 under the name China Morita, before adopting the name Sam Group in 2019. Though neither woman has much of a public profile, Xue seems to have worked in Fujian real estate, while Guo a 2014 graduate of the University of Leicester in the UK, currently works at a subsidiary of the China Communications Construction Company, a massive state-owned firm. Experts say it is doubtful that two private individuals with no apparent expertise in government affairs could own or control a huge firm that works with the Chinese military and provides security to the state. The background of the SAM Group chairman, Zhao Qisun, is no less puzzling. A Communist Party member, Zhao39, studied in Beijing and the Philippines, earning two doctoral degrees in business management and psychology. 
With a professional background in private equity, Zhao makes for an unlikely choice to run a company in the petrochemical and weapons business. The Wire tried and failed to reach representatives of the SAM Group for comment. Public filings show that the SAM Group expanded rapidly after 2015, partly by acquiring huge state assets. Alongside the weapons exporter and private security contractor China Jing'an, SAM Group also acquired China Chemical New Materials, a massive state-backed firm with ties to China's defense industry. The difficulty in making sense of the SAM Group goes beyond its leadership. Privately held but tied to the state, now formally and informally, SAM Group represents a new breed of Chinese corporation that exists on both sides of the old state-private divide and is thereby positioned to benefit from whichever approach might give it an advantage in the global marketplace. Zhang Taixie, who teaches at the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business and studies Chinese firms, says the motives behind some of the deals made by these types of corporations is not simply making a profit, but also building relationships with the party state. It's basically what you call strategic partners or investors or protective umbrellas, he says. They're trying to build up powerful patrons so they can do what they want to do. The SAM Group's move on Tulagi marked its boldest alignment yet with the Chinese state. It was also shaping up to be lucrative. A few weeks after the Solomon Islands deal, the company signed a strategic cooperation agreement with a subsidiary of the state-run China Railway Construction Corporation. The agreement said the new partners were to, quote, carry out multiple developments in investment, infrastructure, trade, communications, security, and other fields in China and overseas countries such as the Solomon Islands, unquote. Sam Group's strategy, in other words, seemed to be working. As a politically connected private firm, the company had the clout to bring in major Chinese state firms, which would likely mean low-cost government financing for the planned development of Tulagi. At the same time, to the outside world, it could be made to appear that a private firm was making a large and much-needed investment in the impoverished Solomon Islands to build tourism properties, a fishery base, oil and gas developments, and a liquefied natural gas terminal. The ambiguity of Chinese state involvement gave both SAM Group and officials in the Solomon Islands room to maneuver. Unofficial alignment or adjacency to the CCP is like an amoeba on a whale, says Jude Blanchett, the Freeman Chair in China Studies at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington and an authority on Chinese state capitalism. It is where you find most of your food. Great Power Competition On October 9, 2019, Prime Minister Manasseh Sogavare arrived in Beijing for the first official diplomatic exchange between the People's Republic of China and the Solomon Islands. Sogavari was feted lavishly in a style befitting Beijing's newest ally. Together with Prime Minister Li Keqiang, Sogavari strolled the red carpet outside the Great Hall of the People, reviewing a People's Liberation Army honor guard before continuing inside for a round of talks with Chinese officials. Later, at the Diaoyutai State Guest House, Sugavari met with President Xi Jinping. The Solomon Islands, with 650,000 residents and an economy that is smaller than most mid-sized American cities, would hardly seem to represent a plum geopolitical prize. But Washington took notice. 
While the Trump administration weighed issuing a statement, Senator Marco Rubio, the Florida Republican, took to Twitter with an angry tweet saying he would, quote, begin exploring ways to cut off ties with Solomon Islands, including potentially ending financial assistance and restricting access to U.S. dollars and banking. Washington and its allies viewed Beijing's victory in the Solomon Islands as part of the new great power competition, according to former American diplomats. While the U.S. embraced America First policies under President Trump and withdrew from the Paris Agreement on Climate Change, Beijing sent its companies overseas and promised investments and infrastructure projects as part of its ambitious Belt and Road Initiative. Meanwhile, both nations have moved to strengthen alliances in the region, including actively courting Pacific Island nations. China has dispatched its PLA hospital ship, the Peace Ark, to offer medical assistance in the region. And last August, U.S. Defense Secretary Mark Esper visited the tiny island nation of Palau in a move seen as an effort to shore up America's interests in the Indo-Pacific. Daniel R. Russell, a career State Department official who helped develop policy for the Obama administration's pivot to Asia before leaving government in 2017, says that even when Chinese firms make ostensibly commercial deals, it's hard not to weigh the strategic and military implications, given that Chinese firms are often considered an extension of the party state. The Chinese know they are not going to neutralize U.S. naval power in the Pacific, Russell says, but they do want to make it harder for the U.S. to operate in the Pacific. And so it's no surprise that Beijing encourages companies to go forth and do business in parts of the world that they value strategically. The Solomon Islands are no different. When the country was weighing whether to recognize Beijing rather than Taipei, it set up a task force to study the issue and arranged for members to visit other Pacific Islands as well as Beijing. Soon after, the Chinese state firms arrived on the islands bearing gifts. The China Railway Group, for instance, offered to lend the nation $825 million to help reopen a defunct gold mine. Beijing also agreed to help finance a new 12,000-seat sports stadium. And last February, Reuters reported that the Honiara government was seeking a $100 billion loan from Chinese interests, a loan provided by confidential donors that the SAM Group offered to broker. In geopolitics, size matters, but so does location. Andrew Erickson, an expert on China who advises on strategy and teaches at the U.S. Naval War College, says the combined landmass of the Pacific Islands is minuscule in a region where the Pacific covers 64 million square miles, but it offers a valuable foothold to a rising power. In that context, even tiny islands are viewed as valuable to China, which is building a blue-water navy and seeking to project power throughout the Pacific. Whether or not history rhymes, geography certainly endures, Erickson says. Long after World War II, the Solomons remain one of the Pacific's limited number of island groups and Tulagi one of its few natural deepwater harbors. But is this what the SAM group was really after in Tulagi? It's unclear, experts say, because so little is known about the company, its owners, or corporate track record. In some ways, the company resembles two other politically connected private firms that went overseas in the past decade. CEFC, China's largest private oil firm, which allied with the state and made forays into the U.S. and the Czech Republic. And Chinese billionaire Wang Jing's HKND Group, 
which in 2013 signed a 50-year deal to build and operate a canal in Nicaragua. China, in other words, is likely pursuing commercial and security interests simultaneously, viewing business and investment deals as crucial to building relationships in the region and positioning Beijing to meet longer-term strategic goals. It's an era of diplomacy in which the U.S. was once dominant, but now finds itself playing catch-up, especially in the Pacific. The West and China plus Japan are all in this global competition for access to places that are going to be important in the future, says Derek Grossman, a senior defense analyst at the RAND Corporation. And for China, the Belt and Road Initiative is a way to ingratiate themselves with the local government. And down the road, if anything goes into debt, then maybe they can eventually be positioned to turn it into a military base. Sam Group, meanwhile, has been hunting for new frontiers of expansion, both domestically and abroad. The same day that the company signed the cooperation agreement with the China Railway 17th Bureau Group, its executives also met in China with a Jamaican delegation. Its executives also met in China with a Jamaican delegation to discuss investment opportunities in Jamaica's special economic zones. Coming so soon after the next deal for Tulagi, the news prompted the Chinese government to try to dispel some of the confusion over Sam Group's background. I wish to make it clear that this is a private company and it has nothing to do with the Chinese government, Wang Xuefeng, China's special envoy for the China-Pacific Islands Forum Dialogue, said. Then he added a clarification, which means it is not a state-owned company. Left unanswered was what, exactly, Sam Group is. <laughs>